The Bible reading today is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 to 6. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Well, uh, those of you who have been here over the last 18 months, or actually this is a show of hands, uh, who's been part of Mount Barker uh, for more than 18 months? Just you know, hands up. Who, who's been here for, say, more than five years? Okay, who's been here for more than 10 years from the beginning? A few, okay. Well, hands down, thank you. Uh, I'm sure all of you will know that ministry is hard, isn't it? It's hard work. I mean, we live here in this area and in our local government area, there's over 30,000 people and we want to see a hills that knows Jesus. We want to see people come to know Jesus and grow in maturity and love and fellowship. We want to see us swell out of this building and not have room anymore. And let's be honest, over 10 years, you know, I've been working hard and in a place of 30,000 people, we feel sometimes like we're just barely scratching the surface, don't we? It's hard. So I've got a proposal for you. A proposal, a strategy for ministry for Trinity Mount Barker, and I can guarantee it's easier, and I can guarantee growth. First, we just need to invest in some really fun stuff for the kids, maybe a jumping castle, and uh, we'll blow that up for the kids each week. Uh, we'll run a kids program just packed with fun and excitement, and we can, you, know, you can stop spending all those hours working hard trying to figure out how to teach the Bible to them. Uh, just, just make it lots of fun and sing a song about Jesus here and there. That'll, that'll do it. And then what we could do for the youth, we can set up sort of a time zone style arcade and, and uh, we can make Gig the kind of place that can draw a crowd. Fun, exciting, lots of energy and long Bible studies and too much talking, you know, that just turns kids off. You know, why don't we just get alongside them and build relationships with them and, and then they'll figure out over time that Jesus loves them, right? And then we can change Sunday meetings a little. People only have short attention spans these days, so instead of long readings and sermons, let's, let's just keep it to a few inspirational verses and a, and a nice little feel-good five-minute talk. You know, and, it, and it, people will leave feeling better about themselves and, and, you know, more people will come along. And when we have uh, visitors, new people, 
you know, it's so much hard work trying to run a gospel introduction talk or uh, course or calling them to repentance. No, if you want to make new disciples, the key is just to put people on a roster. Everyone knows that we can make disciples faster just by putting someone on the band or morning tea. And look, the elephant in the room is, is really, it's our doctrine, isn't it? You know, I think we all know that some of the stuff here in the Bible, well, quite frankly, there's a lot of stuff in here that's just offensive to people. There's a lot of stuff in here that's really stopping some people from coming to church. So I think what we need to do is just ignore all those tricky bits and focus on all that nice stuff. You know, how, like the story of Jesus walking across the water to get the lost sheep and feed it loaves and fishes, you know? <laughs> Actually, while we're at it, you know, someone might pick this up and read it. Let's just get a new version printed called the Trinity Bible and we'll just pull out all those controversial bits. What do you reckon? And then, you know, if none of that works, why don't we just offer people free slabs of beer when they come to church? That'll bring a crowd. What do you reckon? Guaranteed to bring people? But not guaranteed to grow Christ church, is it? Now, if you're here and you're uh, starting to sweat under the collar and you've picked up something hard to throw at me because you think your new pastor's a heretic, just put the hard objects down. It's okay. I'm just being provocative. That really is a picture of how not to do ministry, isn't it? And we can laugh, but except for the free beer, I've actually seen Australian churches doing elements of each of those things. I've seen examples in real churches in this country of churches who have begun to lose confidence and faith and courage in the power of God's word to save. And they've looked elsewhere. They've looked for a silver bullet. They've looked for other ways, other methods to try and grow Christ's church. But they may feel a building, but you don't see God's church actually grow. And we know, don't we? Those of us who have been part of this church for a long time or who have been Christian for a long time, we know that doing the work that Jesus gave us to do is hard. It's hard, isn't it? It's tiring. It's not very flashy or spectacular. And when we do see growth, it's slow, isn't it? It's slow. And we often cop flack, don't we? When we hold to what God's taught us in the Bible, we cop flack from our communities, from our neighbours, even our family members at times. It's tempting, isn't it, to lose courage tempting to think that there maybe is a different way or a silver bullet to go for that will bring growth. Well, you know, in that passage we just read from, it was a letter written to a church in a place called Corinth. And that church had done exactly that. They'd started to lose heart and lose courage in the gospel to change lives and to grow God's church. They began to doubt whether the kind of ministry uh, that Paul had done, the Apostle Paul, the kind of ministry that keeps the Bible and God's Word at the centre, they doubted whether that kind of ministry was really good enough. And they began to criticise Paul, the Apostle, and look for more exciting, flashier, more powerful kinds of ministry. And for Paul, who had preached the Gospel to these people, he had seen the church born as people came to trust in Jesus, 
He'd encouraged them, he had labored and worked hard. You can imagine how disheartening that would be for Paul. But somehow, Paul isn't discouraged. He doesn't lose courage in that kind of ministry. Have a look at verse 1. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. See, even though the entire culture that surrounded Paul, the entire world that Paul lived in mocked and criticised Paul's ministry, Paul did not lose heart. He didn't give up preaching the good news of Jesus. And even though many were offended by the message of Jesus, Paul did not lose heart. He did not give up preaching the good news of Jesus. And even though some of the churches that he himself had planted and watered and had, even though some of them had turned on him and started to pay out on his ministry, he did not lose heart. He didn't give up preaching the good news of Jesus. Even when he was arrested and flogged and imprisoned and shipwrecked, he didn't lose heart. He kept on preaching the good news of Jesus. Well, why? He says here in verse 1, because Paul had received this ministry, this blueprint for ministry from God himself. It was God, remember, who had taught Paul the good news of Jesus. It was God himself in Jesus who had come and met Paul and revealed to him that Jesus really is the Lord. He is really risen He really came to save sinners. And it was God who sent Paul out to make disciples. And so Paul does not lose heart because he knows that this is the ministry that God has given. This is the way that God has planned and chosen for ministry to be done. And because God is merciful, because God loves to save sinners... He's not going to give us a ministry that doesn't work, is he? God, by his mercy, is the one who's given us this ministry. And so, like Paul, we must not lose heart, but have courage in the ministry that God has given to us. But what is this ministry blueprint that we need to stick to? Well, it's a naked gospel, verse 2. We have renounced secret and shameful ways... We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. So what Paul is saying here is that the heart of true God-given ministry is the clear, uncoloured, unadulterated proclamation of God's word. Well, what do we mean by God's word? If we jump down a little further in verse 5, we see that Paul tells us, he explains what is God's word. He says, what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. See, this is the word of God to the world. This is the good news, the gospel. That's what good gospel means, the good news. This is the message that Jesus, who is Lord of all creation, he is the Christ. 
and because he's Lord, we need to submit to him. And, and Christ is a word that means he's the one that God had promised thousands of years before would come, would be king over God's people, would save God's people. He is the one that came as a sacrifice in our place so that we can be forgiven. And we know that this is true because not only did he die, but he rose again. And he was witnessed by over 500 people. See, the heart of true Christian ministry is the proclaiming, the preaching, the announcing, the telling, the sharing of the good news that Jesus is Lord and Christ. And since this is the way that God, this is the word that God has given all throughout the Bible from front to back, and since Jesus himself confirmed that everything in here is God's true word about Jesus, that means that the whole Bible is God's word to us. And so the unpacking, the opening, the teaching, the sharing from God's word must be absolutely central to everything we do as God's church. Naked, unashamed, untampered with. Now I want you to imagine for a second that I brought my kids' Lego tub from home uh, and I just dumped it out on the floor here. I said, okay guys, um, I'm going away, I'll be gone for half an hour. I want you to build me a Lego house. And I, I put out a foundation for you and I gave you one of those little step-by-step -step Lego manuals, you know the ones, and I, I left you to it. And uh, as I go off, you start, you know, you start following the instructions and, oh, there's a square, you know, six by two here and whatever. And uh, then after a little while, someone, you know, you start to decide, well, you know, I don't, I don't really like this house. It's a bit plain. Why don't we jazz it up a bit? And so, you know, instead of a, a square piece, you go for a round piece. And, you know, instead of orange, you start going for blue. And, and then after a while, you think, well, Lego, that's a bit restrictive. You know, think of all the other things we could use. And someone goes and gets a bit of Meccano, and someone gets a, you know, a bit of timber and some super glue. And, and you start working, and you build this big thing, and I come back. What do you think I'm going to do? What do you think I'm going to say? How, how am I going to feel about the house that you've built for me? Am I going to be pleased with what you've built? No, I'm probably going to say, what on earth have you done? I gave you the plans, I gave you the bricks, you know? Why, why didn't you build what I asked for? I don't want that mess. See, you might have started building the house that I asked you to build, but in the end, what do you get? You get something different altogether, don't you? Well, you know what? That's what we do to God's church when we try and do ministry any other way than the way he has given us to do it. When we try and build God's church with anything other than God's word at the very centre of everything we do, we don't actually build God's church, but something different. Paul says that here in verse 2 that any other kind of ministry is not Christian ministry but it's shameful. It might fill a building, but it doesn't build God's church. So as I begin, as your pastor here at Mount Barker, 
you and I both need to constantly remember and remind each other. There is no room here on this platform for me or for anyone else who cares more about their own reputation than about proclaiming Jesus. Because what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. There's no place in anything we do for watering down the word of God to make it more acceptable or to try and avoid criticism. Because we do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. There's no place in any of our ministries for replacing good theology with pop psychology. We set forth the truth plainly and God's word will pierce people's consciences. And there's no place for using the Bible as a launch pad to just go and talk about some hobby horse. There's no place for letting other good things take priority over the proclamation of the good news that Jesus Christ is Lord. There's no place for ministries that aren't centred and built around this proclamation of God's word. And there's no place for us to hide away or neglect those parts of God's word which we find confronting or tricky or offensive. There's no place for rocking up uh, to the growth group we lead or to kids' church or to gig having not spent time praying and reading and preparing hard in God's word to make sure that we understand it and we won't distort it as we teach. And there's no place for us to sit here in judgment over God's word, deciding what we will or will not listen to and submit to. The question that all of us need to keep asking constantly, is the proclamation of God's word, is the faithful unpacking, teaching, telling, sharing of God's word, the good news that Jesus Christ is Lord, is that at the very heart of and centre of every ministry of our church. Well, if it is, it will be hard. It won't win us the praise of our community. It won't fill halls and classrooms overnight. It won't look spectacular or flashy. It will put people off. But, Paul says, this is the ministry that will change hearts. Have a look at verse 3. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, a few years ago, uh, do you do Daffodil Day in South Australia? So, there's a foreigner coming in, I don't know. Um, a few years ago, uh, my boys had Daffodil Day at school and they were allowed to wear yellow clothes, uh, yellow clothes, uh, Mufti Day, and uh, to raise money for cancer research. And our second son, Micah, he came out wearing a yellow T-shirt uh, that we had from a church camp years before. 
and on the back of his t-shirt was a verse. Uh, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. And I asked Mike if he knew it had a verse on the back. I know, said Micah, in a way that only Micah can. That's why I wore it. I wore it so everyone could read it and will become Christian. (laughs) While he was at school, he got his mates to read it. I think he went around going, read my shirt, read my shirt all day. And um, I I think he was expecting them to just fall on their knees and turn to Jesus straight away. (laughs) Um, What an incredible faith in the power of God's word. What an incredible grasp that that is what people need, the message of Jesus. He hasn't let the blindness of people to the gospel blind him from seeing the power of God's word. And he knows that God's word can change hearts because God's word has changed Micah's heart. (coughs) Now, I'm not really promoting a t-shirt ministry. I've nothing against t-shirts. Great conversation starter. But don't go expecting that you can wear a t-shirt and people will suddenly, you know start turning to Jesus left, right and centre. But what I want to encourage us is to have that childlike faith and trust in the power of God's word to change hearts. Don't be unrealistic, you'll just get disappointed. But we should be expectant. We should have the expectation that as we love people and as we share the good news of Jesus with people, God's word will change hearts and it will change hearts we know it changes hearts because it changed our hearts now sometimes we we see that people rejecting god's word and we start to think the gospel isn't working but remember this encouragement from isaiah 55 in the old testament as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. See, the rain comes down from heaven. It doesn't evaporate again until it's done something. It's done what God's planned it to do. Well, just like that, says God, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. See, God's word works, and it works powerfully. Not everyone will accept it, but many will. We must trust it. We must persist in it. It's the only ministry that will change hearts. So Mount Barker, Trinity Mount Barker, There are lots of ways we could fill this building, aren't there? But we don't want to just fill the building. We don't just want something vibrant and exciting. We want God's word at the centre. We want to see hearts changed. We want to see God's church grow. So if you ever find yourself feeling like it's hard, you ever find yourself feeling like there might be a silver bullet out there to do things differently that will suddenly transform growth, Have courage. Naked gospel ministry. That is the ministry where God's spirit is at work. 
That is the ministry where hearts and lives and minds are being transformed. Let's never stop being a naked gospel kind of church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we do have this ministry by your mercy because you showed mercy to us in sending your son to die in our place to take away everything that we deserve, the punishment we deserve for the way we've rejected you and lived lives our own way. And we thank you that you have forgiven us and that the message that you have given us is that there is free forgiveness to everyone who turns to Jesus. Please, Lord, let us renounce secret and shameful ways. Let us not be deceitful. Let us not distort your word, but let us be a church that sets the truth forth plainly